Time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are, whatever you're doing. A little chilly out there today. Scott Foster here with you along with, uh, we got your Bob Brogan, we got your Susan Littlefield, Jason Jorgensen all ready to uh, tell you what we're going to tell you. So any good speech person will tell you that uh, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to tell them what you're going to tell them. And then tell them. Tell them, and then we might even tell them what you told them. Exactly. After it's all. So very good. Susan, uh, finally, finally, with phase one, it looks like it's uh, signed. And yeah, we don't know it's it. not it's yet. Not, yeah, we're still waiting. So, we don't know what's in it. Either. Confusion, because a mass amount of emails came out that right. said phase one is signed. We sent out an alert saying mm-hmm. phase one is signed. And then the president's still talking. Right. Not right. to disrespect the president. Because you're not supposed to, but he's, he's still talking. Yeah, yeah, he went through his whole list of everybody he had in the mm-hmm. audience. He did. He but he didn't everybody there. But didn't talk talked about a few congressmen and senators. Didn't hit everybody, right. but did give praises to our senator to the south, Pat yeah, Roberts. Pat Roberts had talked about him and he asked him to, to him serve another twelve years. Twelve years, yes. <laughs> I did. I did hear that. So, and we still don't know the details. And Obviously, not. it's not signed, so we may not. So, so it's a little bit of a. It's good. It's an exciting thing, but we still don't really know. It's so, one step forward, yeah. a quarter step back. Right. Um, Steve Mnuchin said today that phase two will happen, just not right away. Okay. And the president has said that'll happen after the elections. Hurry up and wait. Okay. Yep. Yes. Exactly. So, twelve nineteen, phase Let's, one. Okay. That's what we're going to talk about. We're getting all the details as the president continues to talk. It'll be as fresh hot, out off the presses as we can get it. Woo. Twelve forty-five. Rebel comes in with Miss uh, Nebraska Rodeo. She talks about the Miss Rodeo America pageant, and then I'll be back in at one seventeen as we continue our Women in Ag series with Joan Ruskamp, a very strong advocate when it comes to the beef industry. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, let's uh, thank you, Susan. Thank Appreciate you. it. Good to see you live in studio again. We should Two do this more often. Row. I know. I know. Right. All right. Well, let's hear from Jason. See what's going on in sports. Hey, thanks, Scott. Well, the Huskers had a tough road trip last night following at Ohio State. Believe it or not, but Ohio State had not won a basketball game since December 21st. They got healthy last night, knocking off NU 80-68. to Speaking of college basketball, what a year it has been for the Hastings College women. Of course, last time out, they upset Concordia. They are 18-0 and on the year. That's the best start to a season in school history And coming up in sports, we'll hear from head coach Gina Douglas about how they've done it and how they continue to deal with this long winning streak tonight. They're on the road against Midland and Fremont. And a couple of uh, noteworthy guys from the NFL have said they've had enough as they will retire. So all of that and much more is coming up in sports. All right. Thank you very much, Jason. We'll look forward to that. We turn it over to Bob Brogan. Looks like stocks up right now, pushing a little over 29,000. Stocks were rising this morning ahead of the signing of the initial trade deal between the U.S. and China, and it's um, not been much of a secret. Um, in fact, there's been a lot of buildup to it, and uh, rightly so. Wholesale prices edged up one-tenth of a percent in December as a jump in the cost of energy was offset by falling food prices. Nissan is recalling nearly 346,000 vehicles across the globe to uh, do some work on them. Was it Takata airbags? I just got to know. It could be. (laughs) Those exploding things. Doggone those rascals. But anyway, uh, those are some of the stories making news. All right, that's all coming up on Midday. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Joined with Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics, as we take a... 
The opiate crisis is the topic of the next Rural Radio Forum, sponsored by Ag West Commodities. Join us Tuesday, February 4th from 3 to 4 Central, 2 to 3 Mountain Time on 880 KRVN. We'll talk with Nebraska Attorney General Doug Peterson, Professor Tina Chasek, clinician Patrick Hall, and others to learn more about the history of this epidemic, why they're so addictive, what communities and states are doing to respond to this issue, and more. The opiate crisis, sponsored by Ag West Commodities, on the next Rural Radio Forum. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, Paul Perkins in studio with us now. And it's one of those days you look out the window and go, hey, it looks really nice. And then you go, it's not really nice. And not at all, especially with these winds that are kicking in in central and eastern areas, teaming up with the cold air right now. Boy, I tell you, I I must have hit it right as I went outside. I'm going, hey, this isn't so bad. And then I went and got (laughs) some gas. And I was like, wow. And that's why the ice wouldn't melt from my windshield. So... A little slick this morning in places, too. Yeah, exactly. Sure. We had some fog last night, and then those temperatures uh, got below freezing. So it did make for some slick surfaces, mm-hmm. especially walking about on the sidewalks yeah. this morning. It may have gotten a little bit of a surprise as you walked out the door this morning. Yep, yep. I became a figure skater <laughs> a couple times. So what do we got for us today? Right now, those temperatures still on the chilly side across much of the central and eastern areas of Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, mainly into Nebraska, central and eastern areas of Nebraska, where temperatures are in the teens to around 20. We still have some temperatures in the single digits just above zero in much of north-central areas of Nebraska, including down to six above in the Valentine area. Most of us in Nebraska and central and eastern areas in the upper teens to low 20s, but temperatures more so in the 30s from northern Kansas on into northeast Colorado, including as warm as 37 towards northeast Colorado. And when you team up that temperature with the wind, it is turning into some wind chills from about Broken Bow and Albion to points off towards the north to some sub-zero wind chills as low as 12 below still on the wind chill in the O'Neill area, 3 below on the wind chills right now in Broken Bow and Orn, much of central Nebraska with wind chills right now of about 4 to 9 above. Our temperatures today will slowly rise and they remain slightly colder than normal in central and eastern areas in behind this passage of a cold front. But temperatures will be milder from west central Nebraska to northwest Kansas and points to the west as a warm front nudges a bit to the east. Tonight we are looking at a chilly one with cold high pressure pushing to the south. Cloud cover on the increase for tomorrow as low pressure starts to organize the track across the southern plains. A wintry mix that does include some snow moves in for tomorrow evening and continues into Friday morning. Friday morning driving could be impacted with some slick conditions. Some snow melting, though, is possible for Friday as we get temperatures above freezing. But by Friday evening, it will turn windy with some additional light snow possible when a strong cold front moves in. Most of the snow accumulations will be about an inch or less, but one to two inches of snow will be possible in Nebraska. If you're along and east of a line from Neely to Grand Island and Red Cloud in Kansas, one to two inches possible along and east of a line from Smith Center to Russell. Now, windy conditions will linger into Saturday. Temperatures look to be seasonal to slightly colder than normal for the weekend through early next week. Looks like that trend will continue on our long-term forecast. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be seasonal to slightly colder than normal for Monday through January 28th. A better chance of colder air over the eastern U.S. There are signs of some building warmer air in the far western U.S., but it's quite a ways off. Above normal precipitation is likely for Monday through the 28th for Nebraska and Kansas. That better chance, though, of precipitation remains across the southern U.S. Market impacting weather factors in the market include a strong cold wave for the Midwest and continued favorable crop weather for South America. 
Friday, low pressure will intensify across the nation's midsection, resulting in widespread precipitation across the southern and eastern plains during the weekend. Precipitation will quickly spread east through the Great Lakes and northeast U.S. Significant snow expected from the upper Midwest into the northeast. Farther south, rain could aggravate the lower Midwestern flood situation. Following the storm's departure, colder than normal weather will engulf most areas east of the Rockies. And late in the weekend, temperatures could plunge below zero as far south as northern Missouri. Temperatures in south red winter wheat areas in the low teens or upper single digits Sunday and Monday will need to be watched as there is not likely a lot of significant snow cover. Across Brazil, crop weather is generally favorable for crops. Southern Brazil will have a new round of thunderstorms through tomorrow. Light to moderate rain is indicated for central and south-central Brazil. Central Argentina's primary crop areas had moderate to heavy rain last night into this morning. The driest area of southern Argentina is where periods of rain alternate with episodes of hot and dry weather. Right now, the overall crop prospects are favorable in Argentina. All right, so we could see a bit of a wintry mix coming exactly. up. Exactly. Maybe a, a couple of inches of snow, that better chances of accumulating snow in eastern areas, and so right in central areas, probably right around an inch. Okay. But west of central Nebraska and Kansas, like west central Nebraska into northwest Kansas, probably looking at very little in the okay. way of accumulation. But we could see some slick conditions region-wide Monday, uh, Friday morning. And still very cold, so if you're going to be outside, uh, be prepared for that. Like you said, minus 12 wind chill in O'Neill right now. Exactly, so. and a lot of us in central Nebraska, like from the interstate yeah. and north, uh, still with those single-digit wind chills just above zero. Yeah, yeah. So it is... And it, why they go from purple to magenta on this for for us uh, are my older eyes that's hard for me to tell so anyway thank you paul i appreciate it where do you go to check in on your weather weather tab at krvn.com the signing of the phase one trade deal with china Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. With much celebration at the White House, the discussion about where they came from and where they are headed between the two countries was first discussed by President Trump. So, for decades, American workers, farmers, ranchers, manufacturers, and innovators have been hurt by the unfair trade with China. Forced technology transfer and intellectual property theft have been huge problems. Since China joined the World Trade Organization two decades ago, we have racked up nearly $5 trillion, the Vice Premier, I hope he's not listening to this, in trade deficits, lost millions and millions of manufacturing jobs, and saw tens of thousands of factories closed. And that had to do also with Mexico and to an extent Canada. What they did to this country with trade and trade deals, NAFTA, we had no deal with China. I mean, we had no deal. And it was like just easy pickings. For years, politicians ran for office promising action to remedy these practices only to do nothing but allow them to continue. And it was pillage. As a candidate for president, I vowed strong action. It's probably the biggest reason why I ran for president, because I saw it for so many years and I said, how come nobody's doing something about it? And as the president continued to talk at the podium, he said the phase one deal goes beyond what you see on the surface. But I would say that you shouldn't. This is an unbelievable deal for the United States. And ultimately, it's a great deal for both countries. And it's going to also lead to even a more stable peace throughout the world. 
China is helping us with North Korea. China is helping us with a lot of the things that they can be helping us with, which you don't see in a deal, but they have been very, very helpful with respect to Kim Jong-un, who has great respect for President Xi. And it's all a very, very beautiful game of chess or game of poker or I can't use the word checkers because it's far greater than any checker game that I've ever seen. But it's a very uh, beautiful mosaic. But China's giving us a lot of help and we're giving them a lot of help on things that we help them with. And one of the things that we are also talking about is fentanyl and President Xi has already instituted very strong penalties and arrested large numbers of people who are sending fentanyl into our country that never happened before. And many are asking, when we'll see phase two? The president answered that pretty quickly. We'll be starting phase two. We're leaving tariffs on, which people are shocked, but it's great. But, uh, but I will agree to take those tariffs off if we are able to do phase two. In other words, we're negotiating with the tariffs. We have 25% on $250 billion worth of goods. And then we're bringing the 10% down to 7.5% on uh, $300 billion worth of goods plus. So, but I'm leaving them on because otherwise we have no cards to negotiate with and negotiating with Leo is very tough. But they will all come off as soon as we finish phase two and that would be something that some people on Wall Street will love. Uh, but from what I see, they love this deal the way it is now. But we have very strong cards. And frankly, uh, China and I are going to start negotiating with Bob and Steve and everybody uh, very, very shortly. So from this nation's vibrant heartland to our gleaming cities, millions of workers and farmers and innovators have waited decades for this day. We never even had a deal with China. Those comments with the president, I'm Susan Littlefield, the Rural Radio Network. Get ready, Nebraska. Coe Wetzel is coming to Red Dirt on the River. Saturday, February 15th at Viero Center Carney. Coe Wetzel, along with Cody Canada and the department. And Cody West. Tickets are on sale now at CarneyEvents.net and the box office. Viero Center Carney and 93.1 The River present Coetzel at Red Dirt on the River. Time for us to take a look at sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Scott. Well, C.J. Walker scored 18 points as 21st-ranked Ohio State snapped a four-game losing streak by knocking off Nebraska last night, 80-68. to Thorthor Jarnison had 15 points for the Huskers, who have now dropped two in a row. Believe it or not, but Ohio State hadn't won since December 21st and hadn't scored 60 points in a game during that losing streak. They had that many by the middle of the second half against the Big Red. Creighton looks to keep its winning ways going tonight. They're on the road with a tough one at Georgetown. Now the Jays are coming off a 77-65 win at Xavier on Saturday. Tip-off tonight is set for 6 in D.C. Hastings College puts its 18-0 record on the line tonight as the Broncos are in Fremont to face off against Midland. The 18-0 start is the best in school history for the Broncos, and Coach Gina Douglas talks about how they've tried to keep it all in perspective. We just kind of take it as it comes. You know, I think they probably, our players are probably more in tune with everything that's going on than probably what I am, honestly. Um, you know, they, they knew that we broke or tied the school record when we went 17-0 and for the best start in the season, and obviously when we broke it against Concordia. And, you know, so they know what's going on. 
Tonight's game starts at 6 in Fremont. Iowa defensive end A.J. Espinese is entering the NFL draft after two of the most dominant performances of his career. Kersey posted his decision on his Instagram page. He says his time with the Hawkeyes was everything he had hoped it would be. Espinese was an Associated Press second-team All-American and an AP All-Big Ten first-team pick. He's the first Iowa player with double-digit sack totals in consecutive seasons in 17 years. A couple of Pro Bowl selections have decided to hang it up in the NFL. Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley is retiring after eight years. He was selected to seven Pro Bowls and was a first-team All-Pro five times. However, he suffered three concussions during his career, and some feel that's the reason he's stepping away. Tied in Antonio Gates has formally announced his retirement after a 16-year NFL career spent entirely with the Chargers. He holds a league record for tight ends with 116 touchdown grabs. And free agent Josh Donaldson has found a landing spot. Minnesota Twins have worked out a four-year, $92 million deal with the third baseman and 2015 American League MVP. The 34-year-old Donaldson returned after an injury-spoiled 2018 to hit 259 with 37 homers and 94 RBIs for the Braves. That is a look at sports. For more, find it anytime. KRVN.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Governor Pete Ricketts delivered his State of the State address today, saying the state has faced a number of adversities over the past year, but those have not kept the state from forging ahead. In spite of flooding and other unforeseen challenges, I'm happy to report that the state of the state is strong, resilient, and growing. Governor Ricketts says property tax relief is the first of his four priorities in the new legislative session. Today, I am recommending roughly $500 million in property tax relief over the next three years to help our farmers, ranchers, homeowners, and businesses. I will be working closely with Senator Linehan and the Revenue Committee to direct this relief in a way that will make a difference in local property tax bills that Nebraskans pay. Ricketts also summarized his priorities for the 2020 session. Property tax relief, flood relief, veterans tax relief, and growing our people and businesses. These are the four ways we can keep Nebraska strong and growing in 2020. Following his State of the State address, Governor Ricketts will do a fly around the next three days to Grand Island, North Platte, Scotts Bluff, McCook, Broken Bow, Ord, Hastings, Beatrice, and Fremont. President Donald Trump is describing an initial trade agreement with China as righting the wrongs of the past and delivering a future of economic justice and security for American workers, farmers, and families. The president is preparing to sign a trade agreement with China on Wednesday that is expected to boost exports from U.S. farmers and manufacturers and ease trade tensions between the two countries going into November's presidential election. For Trump, the White House ceremony gives him the opportunity to cite progress on a top economic priority on the same day that the House votes to send articles of impeachment to the Senate for a trial. The Grand Island Police Department, in conjunction with Homeland Security Investigations, arrested a 17-year-old male and 37-year-old Brian Moore of Grand Island. The 17-year-old male is identified as a student at Northwest High School, where Moore is a teacher. The arrests are in relation to a case in which the 17-year-old male obtained illicit images of minors via a social media ruse and used some of those images to coerce them into performing sexual acts. Those images were shared with Moore. Numerous images have been identified as students at the school where Moore is employed and the 17-year-old attends. The 17-year-old suspect was arrested as a suspect in the investigation of first-degree sexual assault, 
human trafficking of a minor, unlawful intrusion, and multiple counts of distribution of sexually explicit material or child pornography. Brian Moore was arrested as a suspect in multiple counts of possession of sexually explicit material. Grand Island Police Department stated that this is an ongoing investigation and is being worked with the full cooperation of the Northwest School District. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2019 finished her reign in style at the 2020 Miss Rodeo America pageant. I'm Rebel Seclotra reporting. I'm joined by Eva Oliver, who earned second runner-up honors at the prestigious Miss Rodeo America pageant held annually in conjunction with the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. Eva, tell us a little bit about your year as Miss Rodeo Nebraska and the events that led up to the Miss Rodeo America pageant. My year as Miss Rodeo Nebraska went by in the flash of an eye. I can't even express how quickly it flew by, but my year was completely and totally life-changing. I think anyone that knows me or knew me previously before Miss Rodeo Nebraska would definitely say that I changed a lot in a person, as a person in all of the best ways throughout my years in Miss Rodeo Nebraska. So I wouldn't go back and change a single thing. I had the time of my life representing the sport of rodeo and, of course, the good life. So... Where are some of the places you went this year, and what are some of the skills you learned while traveling the country? I traveled throughout the whole entire United States. Of course, I spent a majority of my time right here in Nebraska, but I went to Denver, Colorado, Nampa, Idaho, Rapid City, South Dakota, Kissimmee, Florida, Houston, Texas, Guymon, Oklahoma, just all across the nation just representing the sport of rodeo. And I think some things that I probably learned throughout my year would definitely be time management would be number one, just figuring out like how long it was going to take me to get ready and when I needed to be at a place. And if I had to travel somewhere, what time I had to leave and just really schedule out my whole entire day so that way I was always prompt and on time. And that was probably the number one thing I learned because it's something I kind of struggled with going into Miss Rodeo Nebraska, but by the end of the year, I definitely had it down to a very fine art. So I mentioned earlier that you did very well at the Miss Rodeo America pageant. <clears throat> For those unfamiliar, talk about what the Miss Rodeo America pageant entailed. The Miss Rodeo America pageant was a week-long competition, and essentially we were just on point all day long. So we went through numerous interviews we had to do a horsemanship portion which we didn't know the horses we didn't get to warm up the horses ourselves they were strange horses and we had to do a pattern and of course there was a written test and speeches and then we had a fashion show where we got a model and on stage questions just so so many things that play into the role of who Miss Rodeo America is and how the judges select her. What was it like to represent the Cornhusker State, specifically your home region of the Sandhills, underneath the bright lights of Las Vegas? It was such a great honor. I wouldn't want to represent anyone else in Las Vegas at the Miss Rodeo America pageant. I was born and raised in Nebraska, but anyone that knows me knows that the Sandhills of Nebraska holds a special place in my heart. And uh, sadly, the Sandhills, we don't, re we don't produce a lot of Miss Rodeo Nebraska's. So I had a fantastic support system because they don't get Miss Rodeo Nebraska's from the Sandhills very often. So when, comes when one comes around, they're so supportive. So it just meant the world to me to go out there and represent my home state and 
show Las Vegas and the Miss 3 America judges what the Nebraska Sand Hills are all about. And I really feel like when I was out there, I totally embodied what a Nebraska Sand Hills cowgirl is. You recently crowned Jolie Walworth as Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2020. What's next for you as you begin life after the crown? Yes, I was very excited to crown Jolie. I know she's had several adventures already, and I'm super excited to follow along with her year. But now I'm currently back in the Sandhills in Merriman, Nebraska. I am working for Shadbolt Cattle Company is my main source and down at Hyannis Vet Clinic. I work at the vet clinic there sometimes when they need my help, but I am currently enrolled online as a full-time student at Shattering State College. So I'm taking some business classes right now and I am projected to graduate in a year and a half. And thanks to the Miss Rodeo America Scholarship Foundation and the Miss Rodeo Nebraska Association, I'm able to continue out my education completely debt-free with the scholarships that I was awarded out in Las Vegas and in Nebraska. So I am extremely, extremely grateful for that. So is there anything you'd like to add about your year as Miss Rodeo Nebraska or the Miss Rodeo America pageant? Um, anything of that nature that you would like to share? I just, I feel like I say thank you all the time, but I am so extremely grateful for everyone that supported me throughout my year and really molded me into who I am, I couldn't have done it without any of you, if any of you guys are listening, just thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. But I am just really excited to watch Jolie take on her year as Miss Rodeo Nebraska, and I'm even more excited to watch Jordan Tierney take on her title of Miss Rodeo America. If anyone's read any of her articles or has even talked to me, Jordan is my best friend, and we really worked and pushed each other super hard throughout the Miss Rodeo America pageant, and it just meant the world to me to be up there in the top five with her. So I'm super excited to watch her take on her year and Julie take on hers. I'm visiting with Eva Oliver, Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2019, and second runner-up to Miss Rodeo America 2020. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. It is time for our midday business report here on KRVN. Stocks in the United States are up a little bit right now. Let's take a look at the overnights. The opposite was true in the uh, Asian market. The Japanese Nikkei was down 108 points. The Hong Song, Hong, Hang Seng in Hong Kong uh, finished down 111. The FTSE in London, however, was up 20, while the German DAX index was down 24. Here in the United States, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 114 points, down a little bit from where it was earlier today. The NASDAQ is just a little above par at 12, and the Standard & Poor is up 5 points right now. we got Bob Brogan in here with more. Stocks rising in afternoon trading on Wall Street following the signing of a preliminary trade deal between the U.S. and China. If the gains hold, if the gains hold, the the Dow Jones Industrial Average would have its first close above 29,000 points. Healthcare stocks are leading the gains. United Health, the nation's largest health insurer, rose after reporting solid fourth quarter earnings. So, President Trump signed a trade agreement with China that's expected to do some good things, boost exports for U.S. farmers and manufacturers, and aimed at lowering tensions 
in a long-running dispute between the economic powers, which seems like it's been going on forever, but actually it's only 18 months, but there's really not a lot of difference between those two. Wholesale prices up one-tenth of a percent in December as a jump in the cost of energy was offset by food prices. And uh, also Nissan is recalling nearly 346,000 vehicles across the globe to replace dangerous Takata airbag inflators that can explode and hurl shrapnel. And uh, hopefully all those vehicles don't show up for the recall all at once. The front passenger inflators are among 10 million from 14 automakers that Takata is recalling. So you're on, uh, you're, we're warning you now, those Takata airbags are not a good situation. Get those doggone rascals replaced. Also, Target reporting comparable store sales that are well below last year's, joining a growing list of retailers with meager performances during the critical holiday shopping season. Target saying today it experienced weaker than expected sales of electronics, toys, and home goods. So, lots of stuff going on. Also, Governor Pete Ricketts delivered his State of the State address today. He had several priorities. Um, tax relief, mainly, uh, is is a big part of it, and flood relief is another part of it. Uh, there are some costs that are the state's still going to have to uh, pony up for in uh, from the damage that occurred in 2019 from those from that horrendous flooding that hit a number of areas of the state so that's what's going on out there today and we're trying to hold on and and uh cling to it <laughs> all right well uh always interesting when the state of the state is uh they know it's that time of year when the state of the state takes place and so uh nothing real new there certainly we knew property taxes were going to be a big part of that and yeah by the way uh, if you are uh, if you apply for a job somewhere and you get a job uh, and it it deals with Takata, you may want to go look somewhere else because uh, there is not a Takata airbag that it, what you need to renegotiate uh, your salary, Bob, and just go get paid by the number of times you've said Takata over the last uh, couple months. My good, a couple years. Well, doggone it! You know, it'd make it'd make it worth my while. That's for sure. I absolutely think it would. Let's uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about that. Thanks, Bob. Get ready, Nebraska. Co Wetzel is coming to Red Dirt on the River Saturday, February fifteenth at Viero Center Carney. Co Wetzel, along with Cody Canada and the Department. Cody West. Tickets are on sale now at CarneyEvents.net and the box office. Viero Center Carney and 93.1 The River present Co Wetzel at Red Dirt on the River. Being an advocate comes naturally for this woman in agriculture. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. Joan Ruskamp is from Dodge, Nebraska. Not only is she a Common Ground volunteer, she is a past chairman for the Cattlemen's Beef Board. I read to her part of the reason why she was nominated as one of our women in agriculture. Joan is a great spokesperson for agriculture. She has had state and national positions in the beef world and does a great job for Common Ground as well. And I would have to to add to that. You're so articulate, so conversational, and I think that's what gets your story across so easy because you're so approachable tell us a little bit about 
how you look at stuff in that way when you're taking that information that you've learned mm-hmm. and you want to exchange it with with other women that maybe don't have an ag background and for those in the industry to better educate them well key for me is that i did not know the story until i lived the story and so working as a cattlewoman in a feed yard is unique to say maybe someone who's working on a ranch raising um, baby calves every year. I'm on the finishing end. And so even within agriculture itself, we don't all even know what exactly our daily duties are. We might have an idea, but we can share our pieces of the story to one another and present them as a whole to those outside of agriculture. Um, For those outside of agriculture, I did not grow up on a farm. And so... For me, it has been key to really understand the story by living it day to day. And it's an amazing, beautiful story. As you know, in agriculture, how well everything works together um, with land and livestock, food, fuel, and fiber, how much we do in managing our resources to the best we can as well. And to be able to communicate that story because it's what we live, it's what we believe in, and we utilize sound science to help us with directing our decisions and what we're going to do and expertise from people. It all works together to hopefully, you know, our goal is to not only sustain our own livelihood, but those of many other farmers and ranchers around us and people who live and work in the cities around us. You know, I think what's so, what's so unique John, is the fact that you did not grow up with this. I mean, when you mm-hmm. started dating your husband and, and finding out more about agriculture and look to where you've come, it's just, right. I think it's a, it's a shining opportunity for other women to say, I can do this. Yeah, whatever your love is. I mean, I had a love for animals growing up. I, I had cats and dogs. Uh, I had bought a horse with the tasseling money. I became a veterinary technician because of that love. And um, from from working in clinics, veterinary clinics, to um, UNL and some research, and then ending up on a farm, which was my lifelong journey to be a farmer, um, but to be a cattle feeder, I had no clue what it meant to um, have cattle and finish them in a feedlot. And when you get to be in the story and you know what it takes to do a good job and to take care of cattle, um, you want to get that story out because it's not always a story people in our our urban friends get to hear one of our women in agriculture that we're featuring during the month of january is joan ruskamp encourage you to follow her on twitter as well as she keeps you up to date and all the happenings in agriculture from her operation i'm susan littlefield liberal radio network Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network, joined with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter, This Week in Grain. John, as we take a look here at the close, maybe not what some expected following the signing of the Phase 1 trade agreement, but soybeans seen a little bit of a sell-off. Yeah, that's, I mean, I thought we'd see some by the rumor sell the fact. I think being down a dime today, that dime to 12 is a little bit more than I thought we'd see, but that uh, South American weather story really hasn't been brought to light yet. There really isn't anything to worry about as far as production down there yet, and I think that's that's a bearish factor globally, but we still are really cheap, and I think that's the 
the caveat here where I'm telling folks like, ah, you know, we're we've rallied quite a bit. And I understand that we've been overbought and you know markets are are, are going to correct a little bit, but we're just at levels that don't inspire a whole lot of enthusiasm for me to sell. You know, if we were trading 1050, I think maybe the pullback would be greater. But you know, 930 March means. I mean, we delivered the January right around this point. I, I think you know we're going to bounce around at these levels. I don't think we'll, we'll fall to the floor. Uh, you know, soybean meal demand pretty good. U.S. crush demand pretty good. And I think that. Uh, you know, this is an opportunity for buyers, I think, with still 45 days before the March delivery to secure some good good action if there would be a South American weather problem. Um, you know, prices would certainly jump on that. On the corn side, we get out the latest ethanol data out today, and production's up, stocks are up as well. Have you heard anything on possibly phase one, including DDGS and ethanol for China? No, that'll be what we hear. I mean, it makes sense. If you were trying to you know, run the ethanol business in this country, I think you've got to be looking at exports. It's really our only solution right now. Gasoline stocks very high as well. So energy, we have a glut of energy in this country, and there really isn't a whole lot of solution in the near term to sell it to anybody in this in this part of the world. I think it has to go overseas. and just makes so much sense. If China's going to buy a certain amount of product, that the ethanol would be something they do purchase. They just backed off on their uh, efforts to start an ethanol an industry in that country. So I still think in the short term we're, we're kind of range-bound here, but uh, I think there's bound to be a weather problem pop-up at some point in South America, and I think that's what you got to be ready for. You know, still three ninety-five, dollars $4 targets for myself. With about 20 seconds here, we continuing to uh, emerge off uh, Russian news. Yeah, Russia, I mean, global global prices around. The GASC Egypt purchase uh, yesterday was good. Uh, another increase in price by about $5 a metric ton. That'll eventually pull on corn, too, and I think Right now, the feed grain story is just starting to develop with the numbers we have on hand. Again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. You can see that newsletter and learn how to sign up for it at danielzagmarketing.com. Again, danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and should be considered before in before investing in those type of risks. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. And that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com. Sponsored by Davini Motors. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Davini Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.